Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is going on everybody? My name is Cotter Lawler. Welcome back to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat. We're not doing any of that this Whoa. week, Sean. It's a big week, okay? We, what I'm, we did there, we laid a rug underneath the audience, <laughs> and then we pulled that rug from under you. <laughs> Like if we gave you a planet and then pulled said metaphorical rug. Sean, oh. I, sorry, I just to, just oh, yeah. to let everyone know, Whatever I'm joined as always by, by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. That's uh, fair, of House Meehan. Of House, of house Meehan. Um, I've been there, lovely spot. Uh, decor <laughs> needs some work. So oh, if this, We had just moved in and then the pandemic <laughs> hit, okay? <laughs> so um, this is Movie Mondays and it's a very special spoiler-filled review episode of um, a movie review, Sean. We're yes. not talking any movie news this week. It's movie news free. We get to go all in for, I don't know how long this episode's going to be. As long as it needs to be, Connor. As long as it needs to be. Um, and this week, we are going to be reviewing... Dude. <laughs> yes. Dune, 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 Dune. Thank you. A movie that has been in the works for many years. Um, and for a, lot of ye- for a lot of those years, everyone's kind of like, what the fuck is this going to be about? Obviously, there was the books many years ago. There was even a, a movie in 1984, Sean, everyone Dave, loves and enjoys. David Lynch's perfection that is June Ooh. 1984. He didn't read the books before he made it. Uh, he turned down that, Star Wars and said he was going to make that. That might actually make the, the Patreon hat at some point. Is that that June Don't movie. make me do that. Oh, I'm going to make you do, do it. I watch Mighty Ducks. I watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> I am owed something. <laughs> I watch National Treasure. So. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> World. So, Sean, how our spoiler reviews normally work for if this is your first episode is we normally just kind of go, not scene by scene, but in a general 
we go with a sequence of the film itself because it's, yeah. we could just pick random scenes, but it's easier in context if we just go, this builds to this kind of thing. That's the thing. And like, I, I feel like the context talk helps us to even, you remember more of how you felt watching it. I think that yeah, way. Exactly. Which I think yeah. that's really important for a movie is how did it make you feel while you watched it? And so that is going to be my opening question, Sean, but a bit of context you have, of course, read the books. Five books deep I, at the minute. <laughs> I, that's pretty big. I have not read any of the books. So I we are two different ends of the spectrum coming into yeah. this film. And I think that's important because, I mean, you're going to have people that have read the books and you're going to have people that don't know anything about this world other than their friend kind of giving them a run through like you do to me go there's this spice it's on this planet they're going there there's a whole family there you go off you go yourself <laughs> exactly and like I, 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 it's very important for this movie as well and look it, it, it did recently get confirmed for a sequel which I'm delighted about but I think a lot of this movie it's a balance between like pleasing people who have read the books and having like a broad appeal like that's, yeah. And that's a tough fucking line to walk. Especially for something like this. Because I... See, I, I've seen so many people be like, oh, this is highbrow. Like, this is... I, was, I even read, like, this is Star Wars for adults. And I'm like, I think Star Wars is for everyone. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. But I do feel like this has a harder line to go along. Because... As much as it is similar in terms of Star Wars, there's a chosen one, he's got some powers, the whole thing revolves around him, There's a, he even has a powerful voice <laughs> that he uses to convince people to do stuff. The whole thing is there, right? Let, and this can we also just say, Star by the way, Wars. yeah, yeah, yes. June came far before Star Wars. So, oh, this is the inspiration for Star Wars, and the more I watched it, the more I was like, obviously, George, yes, <laughs> yes. that's what you do, George. <laughs> but um, I think this is, has a harder life because... And this is breaking it down to be a very simple le- le- uh, level. Nobody's got glow-up swords. <laughs> so no. harder to get the casuals in when there's not flippy swords going on. No, like the most like high-tech fighting thing that they have is shields uh, in this yeah. movie. Um, and nobody likes shields. Nobody's like, I'm coming to the fight scene for shields. I want to see a cool dude with a glow-up sword go around chopping people up. But I can, can I just say... And I'm, this is this might, you know, set the expectations for the rest of my review. I yeah. like this first part of this Dune movie franchise more oh, than any Star Wars movie I've ever seen. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. That yeah, is... I said it. And you notoriously hate Star Wars. You've told me that. I like 50% of the movies. I think we worked that out at one point. <laughs> <laughs> we work out by numbers, yeah. Like, look, I think the two of us very much like Star Wars. You're you're a big Revan fan. <laughs> that's oh, that's how I know Revan you like Star Wars. <laughs> um, but I'm coming into this not knowing anything. So you coming into it, you, I'm assuming you liked it. Loved it. Really liked this movie. I think this is a masterpiece, Sean. I think this is unreal. Yes! <laughs> yes we did it we did it ladies and gentlemen we brought him but, in <laughs> but here's the thing I don't think it's even a masterpiece because of the movie itself I was just so impressed that they fucking pulled it off yeah that, like that that's what blew my mind the most because I went and seen it and I was coming out and I was just kind of like oh, that was really good like I really enjoyed it and then every day since in my head I just kept being like how 
did they do that? How did they pull off this? Because, not to go Doctor Strange on this, yeah. but there's six million versions of this future that this movie's terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is the one. Down. If any of those elements that we've seen didn't work, yeah. this movie is trash. Nine times out of ten, this movie is so boring, nobody wants to watch it. It's so full of exposition, nobody wants to trudge through it except for the lads who love the books. And yeah. this is perfect. But that the more I was just taking like, how did you make this? Like, how did you get the exposition across? But not so much that you dragged the movie down. But there's also action, but it's also a part one that leads to a part two. You're setting all of this up and making us like all of these characters played by all these amazing, like, massive movie stars who all get their... Like, you're not thinking, God, they didn't get enough screen time. Everybody gets screen time. Everybody has an idea. Everybody has a point or a role in the story. And And it still... Through all that story and introducing all of this intricate, like, world-building stuff, it flew by. And I don't know how. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, this film is close to three hours long, but it did not feel it for me. Uh, no, it's it's wh- maddening. One of the reasons I think that it works, and it, it now, I'm not comparing this to 1998's Blade. It's just because we talked about it recently. <laughs> What a a reference, go on. I know, I guarantee we're the only podcast to compare Dune to Blade 1998. Here we go, Blade, right. It's a fully fleshed out world and they just drop you into it. Yeah, actually, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that, like, the, like, things are just said in conversation between characters. They do a really good exposition thing that actually translates really well to the books in that when Paul is learning about Arrakis, he has a video encyclopedia. Makes and it sense. Because he has never been to that planet. He needs to learn about it. So, like, as our protagonist learns, we learn. Which is... Yeah, and and I think a lot of that comes down to the screenplay of adapting the books f- to that. Um, uh, Dennis Villeneuve... I'm going to mispronounce his name, please. It's uh, Denny Villeneuve. Denny Villeneuve. Um, he, of course, was on the screenplay. But most importantly, um, they had Eric Roth doing the screenplay. Now, Eric Roth has, is a five-time Oscar-nominated screenplay. Um, Go is he? And he, he <laughs> won it for Forrest Gump, but he's done A Star is Born. Uh, from the top of my head, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, A Star is Born, Forrest Gump. I can't remember the other two. But he's a five-time nominated <laughs> Oscar, Oscar nominee for screenplays. And yeah. so him and you have Denny Villeneuve, they're working on this. And I, I can't remember the third person's name, but the idea of getting that book onto this screen is, like, so hard, and they pulled it off. There's, like, for so long, June was considered an unfilmable movie. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, the more you told me about it, the more I tell <laughs> this is going to hurt people's feelings. This is going to be shit. <laughs> yeah. This no. is going to be so boring. <laughs> like, and by all accounts, it should be. Um, and if you go by the, f- like, if, if if you're coming in and, like, this is the first, like, kind of realistic sci-fi thing that you've ever read, then, like, the first 50 pages are fucking nonsense. Yeah. And if you just get that far and stop, you would be forgiven for thinking, oh, this movie's going to be dreadful. But... The- the vibe it's, I got, the the vibe I got was the Fellowship of the Ring, 
in that watching it, you're like, holy shit, they're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> How are they doing this? There, I had so many of those moments watching this movie. Because uh, <laughs> a lot of this script, a lot of this stuff is ripped directly from the book. Yeah. Like, they're, like, and there's no compromises made. Like the thing with the sand crawler in the desert where they're harvesting spice, that all plays out pretty much exactly like the book. And the, look, the, before we're going to get into the movie now because we've, we've, yeah, just been, we've just been <laughs> we're just gloating gushing over, over it. <laughs> the, the, the thing I felt, and I think this is probably you've heard this a million times, is this to me feels like the first half of season one of Game of Thrones, but Star Wars version. Yeah. And if anyone's ever seen the first half of Game of Thrones, <laughs> the first season, <laughs> it's pretty good. And you're thinking, really good. I'd like to watch. I'd like to watch episode six, seven, eight, and nine, and ten. I think this is going to go well. And so yeah. I was watching it going. Everybody's talking. Everyone's talking about things that I have no idea. But I'm like trying to keep up. I'm trying to. I'm trying to like get all the family names. I'm trying to get all this, and I'm so interested in just people talking. And I shouldn't be, but I'm like, but- oh, and look. Denny David knew he did Sicario, which is fucking outstanding. Unreal, like, yeah, in that, that regard, that's a masterpiece well. on its own. <laughs> and it's just the idea of like you're getting all this information, but you're keep I'm hanging on every word. Like, yeah, you're not just letting like, it gush over you. Like, yeah, I'm like, what's what's going on? What did he say? Okay, so he's talking about them, but who's he talking? But that's double meaning because he means this, and then you're just kind of like try to keep up, and that's the feeling I got watching Game of Thrones when you first watch it. Like, obviously, we're not going to talk about the last season, but like seasons but- one to four, where everybody's talking, and it should be boring, but it's so interesting because it's so intrinsically like just involved with everything else. Like. The, the, and I th- you would love the books like even on audiobook you would adore them can't read because, can't, that's the thing audiobook uh, look we're not sponsored can't but hear. hey uh, <laughs> the, uh, there's a service I could recommend to you uh, <laughs> but like within the books there is such little focus on battle and large scale set pieces in the books it's a lot of characters talking, it's a lot of characters' internal thoughts about how they are viewing this situation. And I did not think... The way they did it in uh, David Lynch's June 1984 was that they literally had voiceover while the characters looked pensively into the camera. Uh, but it this... Not great. Not great, but I think they really trusted the actors on this and that. Yeah, they're having conversations, but there's a lot of face acting going on in this movie. Yeah, and I think the easy way out would have just been battles. And there is battles. That's not to say there isn't battles. It would have been really easy just to do a lot of action scenes and have a bit of talk on either side. Just be like, it's grand. Whereas we have a majority talking and then you have battles sprinkled around. And that's the thing, and that's one good thing about like the translation to film is that you can explore more of those battles because the battles do happen; they're just not the main focus of the books. But like yeah. film, very visual medium, you need a trailer, you need to sell it to a wider audience. A battle's a very good way to do that. Okay, Sean, I think we need to get into this because I feel like we could just gush. For I just, so I'm long. fucking in love. With I don't this think movie. we've I'm actually so spoiled anything. Though. You what? We haven't spoiled anything. I don't. Not think. so far. Not so far. No. No. Um, but okay, let's start off. We start off with a bit of Zendaya doing a bit of narration. She's telling us about uh, the planet yeah. and the fact that um, you've got these people. They turn up. They take all the spice. 
then mm. they fuck off. They can take all guess, the riches. Can you guess the metaphor by any chance? <laughs> I can't. Go on, please. <laughs> it's it's basically about US foreign policy. Uh, <laughs> whole bunch of eugenic stuff mixed in there as well. Um, Let's not get into it. Let's <laughs> not get into it too far. Can I just say, just and I, I might pepper in some like June facts. These are not necessarily in the books. They're just like they're told in fucking Wikipedia articles and stuff like that. But the premise of this world is that, like, it's, I think it's, like, 10,000 years in the future from, say... It's 10-191. That's it, yeah. So it's about, you know, 10 millennia here from where we are, roughly. Um, human race has spread across the galaxy and the universe. Um, and the main human kind of society or like history that has survived is Arabic culture. So there's a lot of uh, like Arabic language and stuff mixed into just general speech uh, among people, which also lends to the whole US foreign policy metaphor. Uh, Right. Okay. Um, And very early on, by the way, I must say cinematography is out of this world, literally and metaphorically. Um, (laughs) Good. uh, It's just... It's one of the prettiest films you'll ever see. Um, you can pause this film at any point and you get like a a, a picture you could hang on your because wall. Because they went to these places. They yeah. went to the United Arab Emirates. They they went to Norway to, to film To um, film the, the the Caladan stuff. Yeah. And it's just once you're there, it's not a green screen. You know how much you know, <laughs> you don't even realise how much green screen we always watch every film. Until they're just there. You're like, oh, that looks way better. Yeah. <laughs> Until you see Timothy Chalamet dip his hand in a pool of water and you're like, oh, yes. shit. <laughs> and do you want to know a very interesting fact that I have about the the fact that they, the things they use for the green screen in terms of once they get there onto the planet, yeah. they used brown green screens, not green green screens. Interesting. So then it's easier to put things on. To key it's anything. To yeah, that. so it's not as it's not as harsh, and so it's much more seamless in how it fits in. That's um, actually brilliant. The um, very quickly as well, um, the cinematographer on this, Greg Fraser, he also worked on uh, Rogue One, which I would argue was one of the best looking Star Wars movies. Pretty film as well. Uh, pretty film worked on Vice, and he also worked on The Mandalorian. Makes sense. I mean, he Pretty just loves deserts. He loves <laughs> He's a big desert boy. Zero Dark Thirty as well, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and look, <laughs> just the last thing we'll say about the crew, Hans Zimmer's on the score. That's all we need to say. Oh, and it's <laughs> You know unreal. it's class. It's so good. It's so, so good. <laughs> so we get introduced to Arrakis. We see that it's full of spice. The, all these people are out there. Um, the Harkonnens. They're yeah. originally from on that planet. They've been there for thousands of years, and they're basically the richest people in the whole galaxy. Um, yeah, because so the, they the, have the spice. Exactly, the Harkonnens are like assigned by the Emperor to guard the spice and produce spice and send it out to the Imperium because it's the most important thing in the universe. And here's the thing: the very first within three minutes, we get told Harkonnens have been sent away. Yeah. And they are no longer on the planet. And so you have all this riches there and they've chosen they thought Oscar Isaac was the man. You are the guy to come in and take over. I would trust him. He's a nice, friendly man. 
it's like, like Atreides. Is that the pronunciation? The Atreides. Yeah. 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 The, and so uh, he, that family has been chosen to replace the Harkonnens and be like, right, you're the you're the people coming in. You're going to look after the spice because the Emperor loves you. We're all big fans of you. You're doing real well in terms of PR and reputation. People love you. People love you. And the Emperor loves the so, fact that people loves you. So the, you get the, in there. Well, see, like, and the Atreides are genuinely pretty well liked because they're like the nicest fucking noble house they have Oscar Isaac as the lead and he's the nicest man in the whole world <laughs> there's a and like but like it, it, there's such a subtle way that they show up how they're like not up their own arses because they have there's this big ceremony going on where they hand over basically the keys to Arrakis and the, the keys, keys to the kingdom is, yeah keys to the kingdom and like Oscar Isaac is just standing there being like how much money did this ceremony cost? Yeah, he, like, I think he asked, how much did it cost them to come here? Like, what yeah. was the point? We could have just done this by email. Is, yeah, like, well, oh, that's the whole thing. They can't have email. There. There's a, oh. <laughs> no technology. Just no technology. Sorry, no technology Sean, sorry. at all. <laughs> there, was a, there was a big call of all technology and AI. Oh, let's not get into it. Let's not get into yeah, it. We won't get into We're it. We won't get into movie. it. We're going off the movie. <laughs> um, but it just shows, like, like he's not about pomp and ceremony he just wants to like do his job well that's been passed down in his family since yeah. like fucking roman times and we also have and i'm gonna i'm not gonna do this well sean we have a witch she she's there um a, a benny jesuit a benny jesuit okay a uh, reverend mother i think she's and yeah. she's the emperor's truth sayer yeah so the benny jesuit are they're like a they're like nuns but they also have like fingers in every aspect of politics. Um, they're also magic. They're also, yeah, basically. Are they yeah. witch nuns? They're witch nuns. Yeah, they're witch, witch nuns. nuns. Okay, uh, now we've broken it down in languages I can understand. <laughs> so they are basically the, the truth sayer things that the emperor would have a Benny Gesserit sister who basically lets people know, lets the emperor know if they're lying to him because they can see. They can see what your actions will do. Yeah, and she's there, and she's making eye contact with Lady Jessica, played by yeah. Rebecca Ferguson. She's quite good at acting. You might Great be surprised job. to know. Yeah, um, pretty good, I would say. We're, just the cast. Oh God, we haven't even we're, started. We'll come to them all in turn. I'm <laughs> sure we haven't got amazing. to the tip of the surface, for folks' sake. But yeah, Rebecca Ferguson's there. She's kind of giving her eyes, like, oh, like. They're kind of staring at each other. There's only a brief moment. And then the planet gets handed over. They're just like, you're the leaders now. Everyone loves you. Once again, Emperor, big fan of the fact that you're so popular. I really cannot say that. (laughs) Big fan. Um, And so uh, then it comes up to Duncan. um, Duncan Idaho, played by Jason Momoa, uh, the most charismatic man in the world. Yeah. Uh, And do you fall in love with Duncan Idaho immediately? Almost immediately. But I think Momoa just has that, though. I don't know if that's Duncan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like Aquaman Momoa. is a fairly middling film, but God, he's great. Like, he, <laughs> he walks off the ship and he's like, oh, something's wrong. And someone, one of the guys is like, oh, yeah, I'll fix that. And he goes, oh, thanks, man. And I was yeah. just like, yeah, <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah, you take that, man. <laughs> he's, he's a nice guy. Um, and so Momoa's there and uh, Timothy Chalamet, who we haven't actually spoken about yet. No, a very small part in this movie, Timothy Chalamet. Um, uh, he, by the way, he, before the ceremony, he had a breakfast with his mother, and you see that like he's practicing to use the voice. Yes, which 
he she's very good at because of course she's a witch nun um, but she's married to Oscar Isaac and he's he basically has the power but we f- later find out that he's the first m- boy to ever have that power it's always a girl or a daughter and yeah. so he's the first son so um, the Bene Gesserit can actually control the gender of the ch- they can manipulate their own cells uh, through the spice uh, and so right. she chose because she loved Oscar Isaac so much she gave him he a, wanted son. a son. Yeah, and but the but the sisterhood wanted a daughter, and he's still practicing the voice. And so, like, there's a moment where he's like, "Give me the water," and she like half gives it. She's like, "Oh, it's nearly. You're almost yeah. there, but you're you're still learning." So the, you kind of get in place straight away. He's got the four shot exactly. <laughs> and here is his one of his obstacles to overcome. In terms of it's story, a hero's journey. It's, it's a hero's journey. journey. It's a classic hero's journey, but it works it's so well. A, it's, a, it's a chosen one hero's story. Journey. Oh, you better believe he's a chosen one. Oh, <laughs> I love a good chosen one hero's journey. Um, and so, yeah, him, him, and Momoa. Immediately, you get the sense that it's like a big brother, little brother situation. That Momoa is like the head soldier. He's like the head guy. Yeah, and um. Chalamet and him just have this really good connection that it's like I've seen you grow up I've been here since like you were like two like you know I, we're, we're like good pals because he's like can I tell you something he's like oh, yeah of course man what do you yeah. want to know like, and it's not like a father son it's more of like an older brother kind of yeah, it's, relationship it's like really not formal and that immediately makes you like them more because because yeah. he's like um, oh are you heading out tomorrow you're like in the advanced troops you're you're heading out um, to Arrakis tomorrow. He's trying and to connect Duncan's, with the with the Fremen. Yeah, and Duncan's like, "Yeah, I'm heading out tomorrow." He's like, "I want you to go. Wi- I want to go with you." And he's like, "Oh, do you?" And you're just like, "Oh, he's gonna like bow down because it's like the the sons or the king's son." And yeah. he's just like, eh, "No, <laughs> like, you're trying that's to get me court martial. <laughs> that's a fucking ridiculous idea. You're not coming with me, you maniac." Um, and he's like, "Oh, I'm having dreams," and that's when we have the scene from the trailer where it's like, "You gotta stay in reality." That he keeps having these dreams about Zendaya. That's yeah, and like, and Duncan is like, "Oh, dreams make good stories." Because he had a uh, Paul had a dream that Duncan would die on Arrakis. Uh, yeah, and he's like, "I'm and I'm not there." Yeah, I'm not around, and so you're leaving early. I if I'm there, the dream won't come true. And Duncan's like, "Look, dreams make good stories." But don't fucking dwell on him. Then he does my favourite movie take. I'm not going to die, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that guy's dead. <laughs> they telegraph really hard that he's not going to die. <laughs> I promise I won't die. Um, and then um, one of my favourite scenes, we're flying through it, but like we, it really, the movie kicks in the gear once they get to the planet. But it's, it's really, um, you have the scene with Oscar Isaac and Chalamet in the graveyard. Yeah. And like such like he's the best dad in the whole world he's the best leader he's just like, the best and it would have been very easy for this to be a moment of like a dad ex- a, a, like a a, a, lo- a fucking lord of Ka- the lord of Caladan explaining to his son uh, sorry the duke uh, and explaining to his son look this is the way it's gotta be you have to you have to take over in my place you are gonna lead someday but he, but Oscar Isaac is just like I wanted to be a pilot when I was younger. Like, look, yeah. if you don't want this, you're still my son. Like, you're like yeah, I will still love you. And he's like, we gotta go there. Like the emperor's given it to us, so we yeah. have to go there. I know you're worried, 
but we gotta go there. It's just what we have to do. And and that my favorite bit is like when he gives him the when he holds up the ring. He's like, I wasn't ready for this when I got given it. And yeah. you won't probably be ready for it when you get given it. But you'll have to grow into it. Like leaders aren't just, leaders just grow into that role. Like that's that's not it's not be- yeah. to just say I'm the leader. The best leader is someone who doesn't seek it out. Exactly, and so immediately you're just like I would follow that man <laughs> into any <laughs> to war. The grave. That's it. Also, but, and, strong beard game, Oscar. Strong excellent beard, beard game. game. Excellent beard game from Oscar <laughs> in this. Um, and I also like this sets up that Oscar Isaac is a very like Duke Leto Atreides is a very good pilot in this movie. That will play He's in later. <laughs> He's both ever. He's just Paul. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> the best pilot. <laughs> the um, and there's also a really lovely moment after that, which is Paul just walking along the water in Caladan and just, like, touching water in a puddle. And it's like, he will likely never touch water for ye- like in that capacity for Ever years again. and years and years. And like, I think he knows that as well. Yeah. And that that's the thing. Like, you, he has all these visions. And we later find out that they're not reliable. Not that they're not reliable, but he's he basically, and I brought him up earlier on, he Dr. Strange's it. Like, he can see... 70 million options yeah exactly and he has to choose the right one well he doesn't know which one is the right one it depends on whatever happens later on of what could happen yeah Um, the way it's kind of put out there is that this there's it's like a web kind of and so you're here and there's like infinite things that spread out from infinite things basically and the the thing they do with that later on um is fucking great with the it's leader so of the Fremens like, it's, yeah. so, it's so good um, but yeah then we have the scene with him and Josh Brolin and yeah. uh, you forgot Josh Brolin was in this Josh Brolin just sitting here in this cast you wouldn't even know it. we've got Momoa we've got Isaac we've got Ferguson Shannon yeah. and <laughs> he's great in it though um, like uh, he, he plays the kind of like he, he's like he's been a soldier for longer than Duncan Idaho has and you feel that in him like, yeah, and you also like he at this time is like the Harklands are the most powerful warriors. Like, yeah, the Fremens are also they got desert fucking power. They're and he's basically just explaining like these boys are gonna fuck us up if we're not ready. Like, you have got to be ready because they're yeah. so powerful. That's the thing. And uh, Gurney's, I, I, this might be a thing from the books that they might use it later. It's not a big deal. Gurney's wife and child were killed by Harkonnens. So he ah, okay. fucking hates them. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So plays in well, but I like that because when Paul, he the first thing Gurney says to Paul when he walks into the train room is, "Don't keep your back to a door." And it's like and, the lesson then, starts uh, immediately. And and Paul is like, "I heard your footsteps, old man." Yeah, and it's like it could have been someone um, mimicking my footsteps. Like it doesn't that's matter. Quite- that old man line might come up later on. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we've got... Um, now, you know what I mean. Like, we got Brolin. Oh, we've got Oscar Isaac, Rebecca Ferguson, Timothy Chalamet, Jason Moore. You forgot Dave Batista and Stellan Skarsgård are sitting on the other side. They're just, just sitting Just casually, there. yeah. Just cash. And, you know, David Dashmalian, he's there as well. Don't worry about it. So they're just on the back. I was like, this cast is outrageous. That's ridiculous. But fuck? no one's fighting for screen time either. Like, it's really no, well split. So this scene's good because Batista turns up to um, the Baron, uh, Stellan Skarsgård, yeah. who plays an excellent villain. Just Oh, he's just monstrous in this. He's monstrous. horrendous. 
Yeah, and the fact that Batista's like hammered up the evil and he's like you still sense that he's like an underling. Like Batista should never be an underling no. if he's in a room being evil. You should be like, that's the most dangerous man in the room. But I was still like, that's still in Skarsgard, Baron, fucking hell. Yeah, he's like the baddest man. Batista's basically coming in like with his tail between his legs. And like, he's like and you know the last as well, ship is left. Yeah, and you know as well he like the Rabin is his character. Rabin, like, doesn't understand the intricacies of everything. Yeah, and I think that's what's great about this, is that, like, he comes in, like, we're after leaving literally the most important planet in the whole world. Why did we agree to do this? Well, we're the richest people in the whole fucking universe. We're the best fighters. We've got the biggest army. Why would we give up the most important thing we have? And, like, the Baron's like, when is a gift not a gift? When... And so he's he basically at this point you're not fully sure of what's happening, but like it's so it's just so fun to find out. Like it's not beaten over the head. It's just like they're after leaving the planet, but it seems like they have it all under control. You're kinda of like, well why do they have it under control? Like are the good guys have the the big rich thing? Like yeah, this is usually wrong. the end of the story. <laughs> yeah, um, um, and so then uh, we have Rebecca Ferguson, who uh, he called her Rebecca Ferguson, Lady Jessica. She wakes up Paul in the middle of the night, and she's like, yeah. "Come with me, um, get dressed, come with me." And the doctor looks him over, and it's just like he's absolutely perfect. No, yeah. Nothing wrong with him. That doctor, doctor never going to come uh, up again. But uh, there's um, a nice moment between them when yes. And that's what makes, like, the betrayal later on even better, is the fact that he's like, don't trust her. Like, yeah. she, there, there's some weird the, shit going on here. And you immediately yeah, like, get a sense of, like, or... like, like him and um, Amoa, like, you get a sense that they've been around each other for years. Yeah, I think that doctor, like, actually delivered Paul when he was born. Okay. It's like, he's known him his whole life, basically. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, it's just a moment where, like, it's a really interesting dynamic because in that one scene you have Paul and what you've done here, like subconsciously but also very literally, is that you've put our trust in the doctor above his own mother. Because the doctor's yeah. like, she's up to something, don't just watch That's it. it. And it's just a really subtle thing. But later on then when the betrayal happens, you're like, we trusted him over his own fucking mother <laughs> and he still betrayed us the dickhead. Yeah, and it hurts, man. It hurts. But, yeah. like, even he had, like, you can see his reasoning as well, which is totally fucked. So, Paul goes in to see uh, the head witch. Yeah. Um, Helen uh, Mohayim. He- Helen Mohayim, of course. And the Reverend Mother, Sean. As the Reverend know. Mother. Um, and she's witch sitting nun. there. She- <laughs> and and also, uh, Dave Villeneuve uh, did a really great behind the scenes on this. I saw this. That? Yeah, it's yeah, really good. Yeah. Yeah, and he, there's a really cool moment where, like, when she used the vice on Paul to bring him into the room, they cut to, like, first person, because he was like, I didn't want to show Paul be, like, a zombie crossing the room. I thought that would look dumb. So they, like, black it out, and they do a first person, that he just ends up on his knees in yeah. front of her. And we've established, like, we have established some stuff about the voice already, like, oh, you can make someone pass a glass of water to you. But Paul walks into the room and doesn't want to walk there, and she makes him. And there's yeah. no fight in him. Like, he's just bent immediately. And then he's, he's like, how dare you do that to me? Yeah. So, like, I, I, like, I, I like the fact that he's still like, who the fuck are you? Like, just, That's it. But, like, like he, and that line, how dare you do that to me? Like, 
He's a duke's son. And there will be no repercussions for her controlling him. Like, and that no. shows, like, this sisterhood is way above Paul's pay grade. <laughs> yeah. And this is possibly, um, I think this is the scene where I was like, holy shit, Chalab is, like, I, I mean, I've always thought, like, he's pretty good. Like, yeah. He's, he's pretty decent. He's, um, but in this scene, I was like, holy shit. Because he does the whole thing where he puts his hand in the box and you feel the most immeasurable amount of pain. And if you pull away, like your animal instincts will tell you, she has a dart beside his neck covered in poison yeah. that's going to kill him. The bar, it's called. Yeah, and yeah. so it's... It, yeah, if you give in to your instincts, you're going to die. Like, it, and, even if it's an intense pain, you're better off, you know, putting up with it rather than dying. And I think my favourite part of the whole thing is, like, it's not even halfway through. It's not before he starts going, like, screaming. It's There's a moment where, like, his hand is... De- and if we think about this, on set, he's literally just sticking his hand in a box. And then they've said, action. Yeah. And Chalamet just has to do it all himself. And just, like, act out all of these emotions. That it's a he's big feeling. call. <laughs> it's a bit... Like, that's so hard. Like, just, just make something from nothing. So, he's just... Um, he's there. And there's a moment where, like, after he gets over the initial, like, tingling. And he just goes, like... Huh. Like, and it's just a moment of, like, there's there's just something that comes over his face, like, holy shit, this is stronger than I expected, but I don't yeah. want to show it to her. And it's just, like, a slight moment. I was like, that's such a great piece of, great piece of acting. That yeah, it's just such a little the thing. the whole game away. That's thrown um, in. And she, he, he does make a louder noise at one point, and she says Yeah, he silent. starts screaming after that. Yeah, and she shuts him up, and he just does his best to hold it in. Uh, yeah and, and that's all him like nobody else in that whole scene is moving. no that's a regular box that he just put his hand into <laughs> <laughs> not to tell everyone but that's just a, that's a pl- like that's just a box they've gotten and they've cut a side out of <laughs> said timothy put your hand in that and now action go on and i like when he pulls it out and he's like surprised that it's fine like yeah he was expecting to pull out like a hand burnt to a crisp or something like that and it, she's like i like the moment where she's like she kind of gives him a look that, oh, you're more powerful than I expected. Like, she wanted to kill him. Like, yeah. she really wanted to kill him there because he's the only son with that power. So she's like, she wanted to get rid of him. Um, yeah, because they're, like, they're a sisterhood. Like, there's no males in it. And so then um, Lady Jessica comes back in and it's at this point where he's like, I've been having dreams. And she has this, like, uh, great line where she's like, oh, do your dreams come true? And he's like, oh, sometimes... And it's at that point she's like, all right, yeah, I don't give a fuck, all right. Yeah. <laughs> she just fucking leaves. And I'm just like, dude, some of the, even a 50% win ratio is pretty good <laughs> for dreams. Yeah, like, but but also, like, it gives the idea that, like, she was prepared for that to be a thing. Like, that he had dreams that came true. She was fully prepared that he had that power already. Yeah, and so now it's just development, so she doesn't care. Okay, fine. I'll yeah. come back when you're more when you're more stable. I've got a couple of years to sort this out, basically. Yeah, I kill you again. Um, and so, yeah, the next scene is we've we then um, she leaves. She just fucks off. And Lady yeah. Jessica's like, "You are the chosen one," or they yeah. think you're the chosen one. Can I just say props to this movie because they just dropped the the name Quizats Hadarak. They just drop that in conversation, and it's never I addressed got, again. Uh, I got Lizanal Kaib. Lizanal Al right? Gaib is what the Fremen people call the arrival. <laughs> because here's okay. the thing is that the sisterhood 
anytime a sister is going to a new place, they'll plant seeds of like, oh, there's a, a savior will come. There's eventually. a messiah. There's a messiah, basically. So then when these new people arrive, they're like, oh, the listen Al Gaib. <laughs> so right, okay. The, so it's all fucking connected. Uh, like the sisterhood has their finger in every single pie in the galaxy. And so they're basically preempting his arrival. They'd be like, yeah. he's the chosen one. That's it. So if anything should happen, the Fremen people will not think of them as outsiders. They'll think of them as the chosen one, basically. Yeah. And, uh, and look, makes sense. If yeah. anything were to happen. But that's going to happen because they just now are really rich. Um, and so they leave for Arrakis and um, it's just them like leaving the planet it's, it's such a beautiful area as well and they're like they all just get into the ships and you have Oscar Isaac there like just looking <laughs> I was going to say the word leaderly but that's not a word <laughs> he looks like a true like proper leader that he's just standing there and his head is just held his, he's just tilted his head back like I belong here I'm just going to try and yeah, you can tell he's nervous, but you can also tell like I gotta put on a brave face. We're gonna That's walk it, he's, the not, ship. he's not an idiot either. Like he knows, he might not know that the emperor plans to overthrow them. Basically, but he knows that look, whatever state this place is in, the Harkonnens aren't going to make it easy for us. Yeah, and I think that's the best bit is that you get this. Like he's not dumb. Like no, he's like he's, this is definitely a trap, right? Yeah, but we can get rich off it, I suppose. I mean, but see, he can't turn it down because the Emperor's given it to him. And I think that's there's a line that's like, you can't reject it if the Emperor's given it to you. Yeah, and and even when the ceremony is on, he's like, no, the Atreides will answer the call as they always do, as they always have done. Like, something like yeah. that. And it's like, no, like he's ju- he's going to say yes if he's ordered to. He's not going to fight it. And so uh, they land in the city and then you just basically get an introduction of like this barrel wasteland and they're just like going through. It's a whole introduction to like, we've got walls all around the city for the sandworms and yeah. don't want to leave the city, you'll get fucked. The heat is outrageous. Just, you do not want to be out in it like maybe 15 hours of the day. The rest yeah. of the time you might survive maybe two hours. That's Yeah, like the Fremen travel at night because it's cooler then. Uh, that's another thing that they go through and what I like about it is is that Paul later on he's just going around in the d- during the day because he's like yes. oh these people are out during the day so why shouldn't I be yeah and I think that's kind of like his first side of leadership as well he's like those people are being punished like if they're able to survive I can join them it's fine yeah. um, and him that's him going out like checking the trees and all but it's just I mean, it's a beautiful movie, just in terms of how it looks. Like, yeah, it's a, like they made a, just a, like a desert and like, a, like pretty much they made, like a city built to protect from heat. They made all of that look interesting. Yeah, and even the bit where like um, you have uh, the Duke Oscar Isaac. I'm just I'm just gonna call him Oscar Isaac. Just interchange it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, and he's like looking around. He's like. Um, looking at the city, and someone just says, uh, sir, we need to go inside and close the doors because it's getting so hot. And I was like, holy sh- how hot does it get? Yeah. <laughs> they go inside and close all the doors. You're like, you're not even allowed on the balcony. You're going to die. It, yeah, like, it's it's wild. And it, it conveys it really well um, in 
a way that the, the, and the book the book does it well as well but like it, it conveys in a very like you can see the actors being hot and uncomfortable kind of a thing and it yeah. just sells it and, a bit more and so while this is happening we cut back to the Harkonnens and fucking witch lady's there fucking Helen hell yeah um, <laughs> hell no Jean and she's oh. like, put, put the sound around us and then this is when you find okay. out sorry can I just say you know that spider thing that yes, is in what's it. up with that? No one fucking knows. It's not in the book. No one knows what that is. <laughs> just a spider. <laughs> just, just a weird spider. There, 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 there is speculation. I've been on some forums, right? That's Peter Parker. Uh, it's Peter You've Parker. Been on it's some Andrew forums. Garfield. Uh, it, it's <laughs> that's Andrew Garfield. That's the only spider he'll be in in any movie this year. <laughs> it's speculated that that was uh, a certain betrayer's wife. Because they say that she'd been put back together oh. a dozen times or some shit like that. They made her. That's. I mean, that's a stretch. But that's I can a stretch. See it. But it's June, man. It's really weird. Once you get past book one, it gets weirder. I mean, oh, look, I, it's just a spider to tell it to fuck off. Yeah, it's, <laughs> spider fucks it's, off. It's a really odd inclusion to have. <laughs> no one has a clue. <laughs> she's just like here spider fuck off and he, he holds his hands up and he's like alright man I don't want any of this so he oh, yeah. backs out slowly and so then um, she's like they've arrived on the planet right they've yeah. arrived and then you have the Harkonnens and they're like the emperor has given us his armies um, yeah. and we have his ghost recon fucking team like, the Sardaukar they're like yeah. they're like an imperial death force like they're yeah, ridiculous but like they're like if the clones could shoot, but these boys are with swords. Yeah, like it's also just uh, sorry. Very quickly on that, the intricacies of shield combat, right? So the slow blade penetrates the shield. That's something we're taught. That will play into things later. If you shoot the because like a lot of the military has las guns, like laser pistols, basically. But if you shoot a shield. With a las gun, the energy interacts in such a way that it basically causes, a, like, an atomic blast. So, no army. If if they know if you know you're going in to fight people with shield, you're not bringing your laser rifles because it's too dangerous. Right. Okay. So you, it just comes down to hand to hand combat at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, these guys are basically like just killers. Like the they're best masters of the best. at it. Like that and, world and they're the on is a fucking hell world. And they survive. And the, Har- and the Harkonnens are like, we have our army, and the Emperor's given us them, and yeah. so we're going to show up, we're going to kill everybody in the Atreides family, kill off the whole family, we get the planet back, Atreides, who people are starting to love, Emperor now looks even cooler, because he doesn't have to compete with these fucking cool fuckers anymore, yeah. they're all gone. End the and bloodline. He- and nothing comes back to the Emperor. He loves the fact that we're coming out as the bad That's guys. It. We get our planet. We kill off one of the bad guys. Because the Sardukar, the, the Death Force, they dress in Harkon and gear. It, like, yes. To do it so that no one knows that they were involved. It's, I mean, it's so good. It's so intricately good that that's what you would do to kill off this family that's getting a bit too popular with all the other houses. Yeah, and like, the, and the thing about it is, is that, like, and this is like the one of the big tragedies, like, the Atreides have no intention of challenging the throne. I mean, if we're going to be honest here, it is the the Starks. Yeah. Throwing, 
I mean, it's the exact same it's idea pop. of like you have a very popular family that there's jealousy the main, involved, and there's jealousy. But the very popular family, they don't want anything more. They just no. want to be kings. They just of want their the north, area. like and yeah. <laughs> one thing the that Trinity's just want the north. One thing that June has in like its in its court in that regard is that it said that like the emperor has no sons, so. Ah, if yeah. the emperor died and like a bloodline was called into question and it came to a popular vote, the Atreides might e- not even they would be like the emperors, but they would be like the ruling family, basically, of the Imperium. Yeah, and I mean, it's so good, and it's something that comes across immediately. Like I feel like I like I'm really dumb, and I was like, I get what's <laughs> happening here. <laughs> Like, I I understand what they mean. Like, he wants to kill them off because they're too popular. And yeah. he's worried that they're going to overthrow him, even though they don't want that power. Um, and, as I said, it's something similar we've seen in other projects. But other projects, such as Game of Thrones, such as Lord of the Rings, such as Star Wars, all that stuff took it from this. So it's yeah. kind of like, fair folks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a real... Yeah, it's like, you know how to play a game... Because you've played other board games that came after that. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, and so we go back to, um, you have Duncan arriving. Duncan arrives back. And yeah. he's like, I've been living amongst them for months. No, weeks, I think he says. Weeks. And he's um, he's impressed with them, man. Like, he's yeah, he, he's like, these and, are and warriors. And look, you believe him. You believe yeah. him immediately. Because you're like, this is the most trustworthy man in the whole world. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and he's like, they're. Like, I think it said like the Harkonnens counted like 50,000 Fremen, but Duncan has been like actually getting to know them and talking, and there's like 10 million on the yeah, planet or something they, like that. Because the Harkonnens have given them everything wrong. So, in terms of equipment, in terms of the numbers, in ter- they basically like just said, we're going to give the planet to you, but they just gave them wrong information. But it's it's by that proxy, it's also a decoy. So. The Atreides could be like, oh, dickheads, Harkins. They did this to try and kill us off by giving us the wrong information. Yeah. But th- like that that's, the, that's what's happening here. That was just general shithousery on top of the murder plant. <laughs> they just like, let's do a on. bit of shithousery, then kill them all. <laughs> to ruin their days up to that point. Um, so yeah, Duncan comes back and he brings back one of the leaders with him. And yeah, Stilgar. Like, this one- Stilgar is my dude, by the way. I love Stilgar is so he? much. Yeah, he's a fucking great character. Uh, Javier Bardem, who just turns up halfway through, and I was like, "That's fucking Javier Bardem." That's, that's <laughs> 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 There's a scene with Josh Brolin, Timothy Chalamet, Jason Momoa, Oscar Isaac, and Javier just walks in. Just walks in. That's it's a grand. mad cast list. Like it's fucking ridiculous. Um, um, and s- but I, I like how this. Sorry, well, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the the bit with the spitting is yeah. funny when he spits, and uh, I like the idea that Oscar Isaac immediately like he doesn't react. There's constantly like the soldiers are trying to slice people. Yeah, Gurney is there like, with a knife, just ready to go. <laughs> yeah, Oscar is like stop, because um, he's just like let's hear him out. Because then Jason Moore says, "This is what his people do. This is actually a sign of respect. He's giving you saliva as a sign yeah. of respect. He's giving you his body's moisture because moisture is so f- precious." To the Fremen. Like, and it's a nice way of getting that across really, really quickly. Um, I think it will come up more in book two, like the importance of moisture. But it, they do it really nice. And Oscar Isaac, you're right, he, he stays calm throughout the whole thing. 
And he's just like, I don't know this man's customs, so I'm going to let him do what he wants and we'll see. Like, he lets him keep the knife that's sacred to him. Yeah. The Chris knife. Um, and he's, he, there's a really good line, and Oscar Isaac is just like, uh, no, sorry, Duncan Idaho is like, um, we thank you for your moisture, your body's moisture, the gift of your body's moisture in the spirit that it was given. And that's like, it's so like, I, I, I recognize that this is important to your people and thank you for that. Yeah, and, and that's what makes him a good leader. And yeah. like immediately, like you have this level-headed leader that's just like, no, let's hear him out. This is his planet. Let's not fucking piss him off. Whereas it would have been t- very easy just to kill him. Yeah. Be like, I'm the king now. Don't, just fucking don't, nobody talks down to me. Right? But then you don't have spare. war with 10 million Fremen. Like, exactly. It's, <laughs> and so he's thinking logically because he's such a good, like, just strategist. Like, why yeah. would I piss him off when we can work together? And That's you have it. these really two good leaders in the room where he's like, I want the best for the Fremen. He's like, well, I want the best for my people and I don't want to stand on your toes. I think we can yeah. work together. There's literally no to, point in us fighting. That's it. We need to mine the spice, but like your sieges, your people, you, the desert is yours outside of that. And, and it's the complete opposite to the Harkonnens who yeah. were like killing them. Whereas he's like, we don't want anything to do with that. you. You can live yeah. your life. This is your planet. We just literally want the spice because it's been given to us by the emperor. We don't even barely want to be here. But we're just here, we don't want to kill you, we just want to do our jobs and get on with our lives. Exactly. And it's, it's there, there's a moment earlier on, uh, you mentioned about the trees, where there's, Paul is just like, oh, should we cut down the trees because they take water? Um, and your man is just like, well, they, like each tree takes the water of five men per day to to to, to keep it fresh, basically. And it ends up being like five lives or something like that per day to keep these fucking trees alive. But that's just that's just how it's done. And that's like instilled, I am assuming, by the Harkonnens because it's in the compound. Yeah. And so it's just him just going along with the customs, not coming in to rip it all up. Yeah. And for example, in the next scene, they go out into the desert and we have Poe Dameron, and he's flying yeah. around. Um, even the bit with the suit beforehand. The, um, very important, actually, that scene. Uh, it's the still suits, which recycles your body's water, and you lose like a thimble full a day in the full heat of the desert, which is unreal. And they have to adjust Gurney's suit. Uh, Leod Kynes, who's like the planetologist, or, uh, has to adjust Duke Leto's suit. But that's Paul's uh, played by Sharon Duncan Brewster. She's like, yeah, the imperial ecologist. Ecologist, that's it. And uh, originally male in the book, but like it's a, it's a, as okay. good of a transition as anything. Um, and Paul is his suit is perfect, and she's like, "Have you worn one of these before?" And he's like, "No, it, it felt right because the Benny Gesserit in this whole Lisa and Al Gaib thing." Had had planted certain like indicators of a messiah, and one of them is that he will know your customs as if born to them. Yeah, and she says that to him. She like yeah. uses that under her breath, and it's just like it's it's just reaffirming that he's the one. Like he'll be saved. The Reverend Mother uh, arranges with the Baron 
she's like, oh, the the woman and the boy, they're they belong to the Benny Gesserit. Yeah, they're not and, to be touched. Do not kill them, and he doesn't lie because he says we won't kill them. Yeah. But the desert. <laughs> if we push them into the desert, technically, he does the Batman Begins. We don't have to kill them, but we also don't have to save them if yeah. they're in trouble. Or the the Dark Knight Rises. They do the death by exile. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, I wasn't killing them. I was just exiling them into the desert with no water. Um, and so, yeah, they go into the desert, and this is where we see like all the... I mean, this scene is just there for the vast, the vastness of it all, and to introduce the sandworm, and yeah. holy shit, looks fucking fantastic. It's so but good. But the, the ship breaks down, and there's a big sandworm coming, so they're like, we need to get out of there. And so one of the ships that turns up to try to lift the the spice, I don't know what they're called, spice trucks. Spice harvester, <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, I, it's, it's going to get it away, but one of the fucking arms is broken off. Yeah. Not broken, but like, just not working. It doesn't attach. It's like four yeah. points of contact and one of them fails. It's a faulty be- piece of equipment that the Harkonnens have left them. Just basically yeah. to fuck with them. And uh, so Poe Dameron's like, I'm going to save them. Don't worry. So he flies down. He lands. I have to go. I'm going to call him Poe because that's what he does there. <laughs> but he's like, he, he tells them like, uh, listen, abandon Abandon the crawler, like abandon the spice harvester. Yeah, abandon the spice. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he uh, and he says like, "Damn the spice! Get like save these men!" <laughs> like and yeah, he's such a fucking good leader. I love him so much. <laughs> he's gonna live forever. And so, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing bad will ever happen to this man. And so he's like, "Yeah, guys, we gotta say fuck the spice. Spice doesn't matter, even though it's the most important thing in the whole world." And the Harkonnens would literally kill everyone just for an extra piece of spice. Yeah, but like we're gonna save those eight lads in the fucking. Uh, I think it's twenty-one people. He's like, "We got three ships, seven yeah. each." We'll get them out of there. That, oh, but there's this... Be- oh, oh, I'm so... Oh, it's such a good fucking movie. Because they're like... He, they're like... Paul says to his dad, he's like, these ships can only take six people. Like, six extra people in con- addition to what we have. But then Paul is like, there's... I think it's a... A, a refiner or a battery or something that weighs yes. 100 kilos each. So that's another man. So Leto is just like, right... Get those off. Get throw those out in the sand, and we we'll get everyone them. on board. Yeah, like I'm sacrificing my shields just to get these people out. Of the here. shield generators. Like, that's it. They're a hundred kilos each, um, and you can't like, use shields, shields in the desert anyway because like, it attracts. We, the we just need the people. Like, we don't yeah. need the shields, and so um, and that's just like leadership at, at that point in crisis. And uh, you also have um, like the imperial ecologist at that point is just like looking at him going, "Oh, he's slightly different." Oh shit! Yeah. Like he's not—he's not just here just to bite all the spice. He doesn't. That's he actually it. cares because the ecologist knows what's up. Lead Kynes knows what's oh, yeah. up with F- this whole transfer. Hundred percent aware they're all going to die. Yeah, and um, she's like, "Oh, this guy doesn't deserve this." Yeah, um, and so they save all the people, and within that, Paul ends up like out in the spice, and yeah. he's like breeding it in, and it's use a Pokemon term, super effective oh. against all Paul. He is sensitive um, to the old spice, it turns out. He's high as a fucking kite by the time that Josh Brolin arrives. Yeah. And it's just like... And I like the bit where, like, even when he's really high and he's seeing Zendaya and he's, like, he's just daydreaming. Oh, not daydreaming, but, like, he's seeing all these dreams constantly. They're just flowing through nonstop. And you get the sense that even when we're not seeing them, they're just constantly happening. Yeah. Um, 
and he, then Josh Brolin shows up and he's like heard your footsteps old man he just kind of mutters it under his breath and he just you see Brolin's arm just grab him and drag him it's like you're gonna yeah. die if you stay here yeah you need to sprint towards this ship right now and yeah and they get they, him into the ship and he's just like he's absolutely over and, and I like the fa- the bit where um, we also missed the bit where he nearly got assassinated by the, the little fly thing yeah um, the, uh, and he catches it the hunter seeker I think it's called uh, Oscar Isaac has the great scene after that where he's just like your man's like oh fire me like I'm gonna give it he's like no just protect my so, son just- someone tried to assassinate my son you wanna repent you fucking find them <laughs> yeah of course but it's at this point where he's like a proper dad he's like what are you doing yeah you need to he actually, listen he properly to chastises him like, like you cannot do that like but like not in a like but not in a mean way just like you could have died like what are you doing and Paul's like I just got lost in it like I just I landed yeah. and the spice just took me he gets inspected by the doctor and everything the doctor that everyone trusts doctor says every, he's grand just needs a few tablets he'll sleep all night by absolutely fine not a bother on him and we're like I trust that doctor with my yeah. fucking life so he's, he's the guy he's the guy he'll make it to the um, end we all at this point he also finds out his mother is pregnant well he finds out as in like he sees it yeah because the spice has is has awakened something in Paul it turns you know those dreams yeah, it, that didn't always come true they might be getting a bit more accurate yeah basically he got interacted with the spice and whatever magic he had it just like multiplied it like it gave him a level up he had uh, he had the crash bandicoot he got the mask <laughs> yeah and now now he's gone now, now he's flying so he is um and so you have the bit where he's just like you find out the mother is pregnant and then they all go to bed shot and to be honest with you lovely night's sleep not a worry in the world i think um, end of part one right there and uh, i'm thinking this is end of part one i would think this is a nice movie everyone's lovely everyone's alive i've been loving it so far a uh, uh, couple of things as well just on the going to sleep thing they're all given like sleeping tablets. The doctor gives them all sleeping tablets, yeah. Yeah. And L- Paul takes them. Uh, Lady Jessica, I think, takes them. Leto doesn't. Yeah, because he doesn't want that. He, no, he's just like, he's just like, I want to fall asleep fucking naturally. I'm under so much stress. In the books, he's awake for like days on end. He just takes caffeine pills to keep him going. Uh, and I like it. it this is just like. No, he doesn't want to fall asleep with synthetic things. Also, he has a conversation with Jessica, and he's just like, yes. "If it comes to it, will the Benny? Will you protect Paul?" And she's like, "Of course, I'm his mother. I'm not asking his mother. I'm asking the Benny Jesuit. Yeah, will like, you protect? You're Paul? weird. You're a weird witch nun cult. Yeah, will you go with them, or are you going to protect us?" Is your one the two? Because because I think he says like Paul is very distracted. What the fuck is going on? What did you tell him? Yeah. That ever since he met your weird witch nun leader, he's yeah. been all over the place. He's been off. Yeah. And, it's and that's like, why he was down because he thinks that's why Paul was down by the ship, like nearly dying earlier on. He's like his brain is not around. What did, what did you do to him? That's it. And yeah, and he knows like oh you can control people, like with your with your voice. What if she told him to go? you know sit in front of a sandworm <laughs> yeah. um and so i and that's great because like that's proper parent stuff that he's yeah he's looking out for his kid he's like what's going on with him 
something off, but he doesn't realise like it's the spice more so than anything else. Like it's not anything that she did. Um, no, it's just the environment. He's on a planet made of the stuff, like Yeah. And so what happens, Sean, next is the movie decides to just kick you in the fucking face for the next like hour. Yeah. Um because it's all going. set up up until this point. It's all yeah, just like This is all prologue, man. This <laughs> We're at the prologue, and it's at this point, about an hour and a half in, the movie decides, right, let's kill everyone. So, um, what happens is, the Harkonnens turn up, and they've Hell got yeah, their, they their fucking soldiers, their There's... ghost recon boys with them, <laughs> um, and they basically, the Doctor betrays Leto. Yeah, um, Doctor, you, and, uh, like, betrays, not just Leto, all of the Atreides. He turns down the shields, he turns off the shields, turns off all the defense systems, and then fires a dart into his back. And I like the fact that it goes to him and the shield protects him that he's wearing, but the dart is in a place that he can't reach. So it's just slowly entering his it's bloodstream. It's its way in. And he can't get it. Um, and so then you have Oscar Isaac just basically paralyzed up against the wall. Like, he's he's awake, but he can't move. And... You see the doctor being like, they have my family. Like, they have my yeah. wife. I had to do it. Um, that was part of the deal. And yeah, I'm, just, and he's, he's like, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Sons. Two things. He replaces one of his back teeth with a poison capsule that will in, like yeah. produce a poison gas to give him just one chance to kill the fucking Baron. And he takes the ring and he's like, for Paul. Which is, like, uh, it must give Leto some comfort because... Clearly, he knows in that moment, like, okay, he doesn't want to kill Paul. You know, like... Yeah, Paul's still alive. Yeah, Paul is fine at the minute. And it's just it's just me. And, like, and he's the type of person to be like, I'll sacrifice my life. Oh, he would die in a alone. second for his family. Like, he, yeah, he wouldn't think so, twice. So he be, he gets paralysed, and then all of the Harkin is just turned up. And, oh, my God, it's such a beautifully shot... The bit when... Brolin and all that are awake and they get all the army together like let's fucking go and they all go yeah. sprinted out into the ships and the ships exploding is some of the best like it's it's I've, because the rocket hits it and then it slowly implodes from the inside and you can see it breaking apart as it does it's just yeah. beautiful it looks like a like they've made a miniature and exploded that like it's that good uh, it's and I, I like how he's just shouting commands to people like anything with wings get it off the fucking ground <laughs> yeah and they're they're trying their best to survive but like they're at they, they've all been woken up in the middle of the night they've no yeah. defense systems and they've got ghost recon teams along with harkonnen teams just attacking them from all sides constantly like they don't have a fucking hope it doesn't no, matter how just, much def- they're on the back foot and, and they're outnumbered and it's also said that the harkonnen's attacked hundreds of defense posts yeah, simultaneously because there's a bunch of like outposts all around the planet, uh, and so yeah, just so they attack every single one of them at once. Which I think Paul is like, they must have had like so many ships. Like, how did they have that many ships? Yeah. It's not possible. And Unless he's they thinking have some help. Yeah, some kind of imperial fleet, if you will. The, the bit where the soldiers are fighting on the on the stairs and they're like fighting down and then yeah. you have the lads land behind them and then they're, you're just like, oh, they're fucked. Like, they're just stuck in the middle. And it's all like swords and shields and spears that they're fighting with. 
Yeah, and it, it's just really great. Like, And it's not even about the fight scenes. The fight scenes are fine. It's just the vibe, the the feeling that you get. You're like, there's no hope here. Like, yeah, everybody's you know they're going to lose. You know they're going to lose. Uh, and it's not even going to be close. Like, It's just going to be a massacre for everyone. We don't even see Brolin die, but like, he's definitely dead, is he? Uh, You've read the book, Sean. Look, <laughs> there, look I, what I will say, it's... Like, Gurney Halleck, who is an amazing soldier and an amazing musician as well as it goes, but he's against the full might of the Emperor's death force, Connor. (laughs) I assumed he was dead. (laughs) Um, And Duncan gets a... Like, Duncan Idaho gets a... He just yes. walks through lads here. And and you get this sense that holy shit, you don't fuck with Duncan. So Duncan no. like leaves his room and he's like, what the fuck is going on? And he just sees soldiers and he just goes into game mode and he just starts mowing through lads. And like more lads are coming from the left and he's mowing through them. And he's just like, these are not just Harkonnens. Yeah, because like, he knows by fighting them that they're... Like he knows their fighting stance. He's like, they're yeah. in Harkonnen gear. But they're definitely not Harkonnens. They're, these are a different um, thing altogether. Uh, yeah, so then um, just them, Duncan's escape, by the way, is like really great. Because we're with him and he gets into a ship and he gets up into the fucking air. You're constantly thinking he's going to die. He's going to die. But yeah. he gets out of there and he escapes. Um, and and on I the think other it's side, a testament to this movie that had the story just followed Duncan from here on, I think it would still be as interesting. Even if they deviate from the books that amount I would still watch that character just go about because yeah, he's like, the coolest the person in the whole adventure. movie he's the coolest fucking person in the world like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's just like the biggest badass but the nicest man in the whole yeah. world so you're just like yeah let's follow him um, you're right on the then, other side of the compound you have uh, Paul and Jessica being yeah, kidnapped and, and they've been ki- basically kidnapped and put in a ship and the Harkins are like we're not going to kill them but we're going to drop them in the desert and then they start saying things like they're going to have sex with Jessica yeah, a bunch of rapey um, stuff going on just uh, a, a bunch of rapey vibes which to be fair up until this point I was still on bad terms with the Harkins at that point anyway there wasn't really solidified like, for this you this has know. turned me <laughs> you know what these guys are pretty bad but there's there's really good things like one of the guards that they brought is deaf so the voice can't be used on him uh, yes and and you know it's that because they do sign language so Jessica's like sign lan- languaging over to Paul like yeah. the language of like he's deaf we can't use the voice on him so Paul's like okay but they don't cover Paul's mouth because they're like he doesn't have any powers Focal. yeah um, but Jessica does so they they gag her and Paul is like trying to use the voice and your man just like slaps him around the place like what the fuck are you doing um, and eventually he gets it to then to lower down her thing I like how that's the play like, and it's in the book as well but it's such a good play because he could try and control him to like oh kill everyone and take control of the ship or I can get the person who's most powerful with the voice in this helicopter and just get her able to speak because he's, he's aware like she's the most powerful person here like I yeah. need to get her free like because I can't do this he like, knows I, I might get I might win once but she'll like win every single one yeah, like he knows his limits and she he knows she's way better than him. And so she gets free and is basically just stab your friend. Okay, open the door. Okay, throw him out. Okay, stab him. And she yeah. just like mows through the music the voice, which is just really cool to see, to be honest. The voice effect is really good as well. Like that echoey, like layered thing that they do. Yeah, he said um, that he wanted 
like the voice, not just to be their voice, but it sounds like they're hearing all of the millennial millennials of people who've used the voice as well. So when they speak, you yeah. hear like thousands of voices at once. That's another thing as well, actually. Um, it, it just it, it lore wise, say the Reverend Mother uh, of the Benny Gesserit, like has all of the other Reverend Mothers' knowledge, like going back, 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 however far. So that yeah, that that the voice carrying the weight of all of those magical, powerful people makes a lot of yeah. sense. And I just think it sounds cool, just in terms of a sound effect. Good stuff, yeah. guys. The sound design on this film is really good. Uh, we didn't really talk about, but the ornithopters, like the dragonfly helicopter things. Oh, beautiful. Uh, Just fucking gorgeous. Sounds so good, like the beat of the wings and everything like that. It's so good. And I mean, it's something so simple. Apparently, they actually went out to the desert and they just recorded the sounds of the sand yeah. and then they just blew it up onto the screen Amazing. to get it out. Like Inste- instead of like doing it they just like not naturally they just went yeah. out there and they got this out just and then pouring they blew it up sand for the movie. on like a sound stage or something it doesn't yeah. have the same effect oh my god everything's they just went above and beyond it shouldn't work but somehow it does um, it does so... indeed <laughs> oh so you, you know what I loved is the next scene where we have um, Oscar Isaac naked and he's just like yeah. and it's such a well shot scene of like how do you absolutely destroy this man who like is a duke and he's like the leader he's been so respectable and like so like at the peak the whole movie yeah and so now he's just paralyzed completely naked just like can't move at the one end of a dining table and then at the other end you've Stellan Skarsgård as all villains do eating and talking at the same time like just telling them like, like You're- he's disgusting he's a disgusting yeah. human like and he like he's so fa- like he has the suspenser things like the the floaty orbs he needs them to move around because he's just so gluttonous i suppose is the word he, he, like it he's just all but the great shot is like you have him eating and like behind him he has all of his generals and like all of his right and left hand men and then mm. on the far side you just have Oscar Isaac's just paralyzed body just lying there like you've like, you've got nothing. Like, I'm after taking everything from you. Yeah. Like, and th- look, this might be me reaching. Do you know the statue of the Pieta? Which is like Mary cradling Jesus after he came down from the cross. <laughs> yes. He's in that exact pose. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you're... Re- are you reading a lot of forums, Sean? <laughs> I might be reading a lot of forums, all right? But I just think it's a fucking great scene. Uh, but I, I mean, and it gets I just better. See, I the way I took it was just they've literally taken everything, even the clothes off his back. From him. Yeah, like they've, and you're just sitting at his they've table, ruined this eating, man, eating his food, and he's just got nothing left. Um, and yeah, so then the doctor comes in and he's like, "I lowered down the shields for you, bud. I, yeah. and you said you're going to release my wife because this always works in every film I've ever seen. And this plan is going to work perfectly. You're the bad guy. You're definitely going to release release my wife now, right?" And the bag is like, of course I released your wife. You can go and see your wife. Yeah, I didn't tell you your wife was in heaven. And then he kills him because of course he does because the guy who betrays him always dies. Yeah, why would you trust Um, the Baron in anything? And uh, yeah, then you have him talking to Oscar Isaac and he's just basically gloating. And he's just like... 
what did you actually think I would ever give up this planet? Like the Emperor wants you dead. Like nobody likes you and your family. You're just an awful person. Um and Oscar Isaac bites into the toot that's behind yeah. him. And he poisons him, and he poisons the whole room. Whole room, he, and he knows he's going to kill himself doing it. But he's like, it doesn't matter at this point. Like I'm yeah, dead he anyway. Has nothing. Fuck yeah, him. and so he, yeah, he, he poisons gas. There's a great scene of like everyone clawing at their throats, like Piter, who's played by David Asmalkian, uh, like all clawing at the throats and robes and everything like that. And then the guard just like closing the door in a panic. Yeah, like, and everyone's locked inside. And you're thinking, they did it. They're after killing the Baron. Wow, what a great choice. <laughs> well, I guess this is the end of the film. Oh, no. Oh, I thought it ended when they were all happy. Now I think it's going to end now when the bad guy's dead. Um, and so we come back to Paul and Jessica. They're in like a tent. And yeah. they're basically like just in the middle of the desert now. Like they're fucked. And they're just camped out now underneath all this sand. And they're just kind of talking. And Paul is just like... I was going to word, use the word sniffing, but he's inhaling so much spice yeah. that it's just like... I'd say huffing is the word. Huffing. Like, he's he's absolutely not there. Like, yeah. He, I saw a lot of people criticise this scene. Uh, did you? On the forums. Uh, but <laughs> okay. No, not on the forums. Like, 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 a few news articles. I read a few June reviews and people were like, the character of Paul is very, like, weird and off-putting. And like I'm like that's what he's supposed to be, because he's like a 16 year old who just discovered he can see the future all at and once. And he also sees like he sees a million battles, and he sees him with blue eyes, and he yeah. sees like him killing it's, people. And he also the most important part is that he sees a lot of people dying in his name as yeah, like a religious under the Atreides banner. Yeah, under, like a religious fucking cult killing people That's under his name. B- very interesting that you say that. Like a religious kind of holy war. In the books, it's referred to as a jihad. Like that's right. That's the thing. They call it a crusade in the movies. I see why they did it. But in the books, uh, he has visions of this holy war waged in the name of Paul. Like, yeah, and and like that, he's just freaking out. Like he's because he's just. It's like he's has the visions on steroids now. And yeah. he's just like seeing all this shit and he's like, and holy fuck, like, so many people it. are dying. This is the shit he used to see in his dreams, but he could just write it off as dreams. But now he's like, he's fully awake and he's still seeing it. So he doesn't know how to react. And I, I think like he reacts, like as you said, a 16 year old, like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. And, he's, and he's, he just starts losing his mind. He's furious as well because he's like, you did this to me at his mother. Like, yeah, he's like I exactly. didn't ask for this. Like, I just wanted to be a normal child and you yeah. gave me these powers and now I have to see all these people dying in my name in some weird, like, war that I don't even know is going to happen. Is yeah. it going to happen? Is it not? I've just seen all these visions of all these people dying and me dying and you dying and Duncan dying. And I've, I've seen, seen them all, all at once love, all the time. <laughs> I've, I've seen everyone I love die multiple times a day. That's going to um, mess with you. And so they emerge from the tent and eventually they, they like literally two seconds later, Duncan flies this past. This is a beautiful scene. This is such a good scene. Uh, Go for it. So, so first of all, Duncan had already been and he was speaking to uh, the ecologist 
Um, yeah, being I do like, you knew yeah. this was going to happen. That look, it was a small scene, but it's just like Duncan has figured everything out basically by this point. But he comes up and he sees Paul because and he knows. Sorry, he knows that the those weren't uh, Harkonnen yes. soldiers. So he's like, "You knew the Emperor was going to fucking do this to us." And she's like, "I wasn't allowed get involved. I just yeah, had to sit it's back." It's not my business to say. Yeah. Uh, but he comes up and he sees Paul and Jessica and he runs up and he hugs them both. And then he like he's like, Leto's dead. And then he just drops to his knees and calls Paul my duke. And yes. it's like it's like you're so loyal to the Atreides. Like you are still operating as if this family is still in control. Like, there's only three of you left. You three. Yeah. <laughs> you're it. Like, <laughs> like that's it. That's the whole family. Unless somebody's left back on the whole planet, but that is you are all that's left in terms of power. Yeah, and like in and like in chain of command, like because uh, Jessica and Leto aren't married; they're just like a concubine situation. So, like Paul is the last person with the Atreides name. Like that's, and Duncan is still like, okay, I answer to you. And so uh, you also have um, at this point, yeah, as I said, Duncan meets them, and then you have. Um, them cutting back and they're just like we gotta kill the son the son's after getting away we yeah. gotta to hunt him down and kill him um and so you have duncan he him and the ecologist basically take them back to i'm gonna say her base is that what yeah. you describe it as it's like an old um like ecology outpost that they had um and so the harkonnens wouldn't necessarily look for it and it might be a bit safer is what they're going for and they basically, like, Paul has figured it all out now as well. And he's just like, the Emperor has basically killed us because he didn't want um, he didn't want us uprising, taking all the families against him. Yeah. So the idea was he's just going to kill us off and then just still lead over everyone. Um, yeah. And, and he, Paul, and Paul like, is I'll like, marry one of his, I'll marry one of yeah. his daughters and I'll, like, go to the top. That's it. And they're like, you plan to be emperor after this. Like, because <laughs> yeah. he's still, he's, it's like he's trying to think politically at this point. Like, what, what, what does he have to bargain with? What would, what would my dad do is what he's trying to think. Yeah. And he, like, and he gets it pretty much entirely wrong. Um, yeah. And I think um, at, at this point then that they get to the space, they're only there for like maybe a minute or two before yeah. they get hunted down. And, yeah, they do. Um, oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, this fucking scene, you, man. Go for it. Okay, so like a legion of Sardaukar soldiers drop down on this base. Proper ghost recon. Proper. Proper. They're repelling down and everything. Yeah. Uh, well, they're like hovering, I suppose. But, uh, d- and Duncan realises this. And he's like, you guys stay here. He locks the door behind him and he takes on, I want to say, 14 death Oh, troops. I had 12. So 12. I'll, I'll take 14, though. So I thought, uh, Whichever. But more than 10 elite <laughs> imperial death troops by himself like, before getting like stabbed through the stomach. It's 1v14, but like the 14 are all just as trained as he is. But he's just like, yeah. fuck it, I'm going to defend my king. Like, and like, they're funneling towards him, like in a hallway. And then they start cutting through the door and he stands back up and roars stabbed. at them. 
after being stabbed yeah. through the stomach and he roars at them stopping oh. the laser cutting through the door allowing Paul and Jessica to escape yeah, he, he, he's buying them time basically yeah and he realises that and he knows that when he locks the door but he's so willing to do it don't get Fuck the nicest me. man in the whole world oh and then <laughs> but then we have to reconcile ourselves with the fact <laughs> that Duncan's Duncan, dead Duncan's dead in that hallway man <laughs> Like, I mean, if he does come back, I don't know if he does, right? In the I next mean, he's book, dead in the hallway, Connor. I mean, he's dead, right? Because well, I was worried that they were going to bring him back somehow because, like, Jason Momoa is a big star. But I, after the first stabbing, I was like, maybe he can still come back. Like, he's like he's going to crawl. And then he stands up again. And then, like, repeatedly stabbing him. Like, all right, now he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's fairly well gone at this point. Okay, he's, he's dead, he's dead. Um, and so the, uh, the ecologist is like, right. Uh, I'm going to split up. You two take the, the ship and I'm going to go out to the other pl- area and we'll yeah. both escape because the ship only takes two. So uh, mother and son, they get into the ship and they fly away and then she's about to get on one of the sandworms and then she gets stabbed and yeah. um, and she just gets taken out. But like, and but even like at that point, she starts banging on the ground in yes. a rhythm which attracts sandworms. Because uh, we learned earlier that they're attracted to anything that doesn't sound like the natural desert, and she says to Paul, "Get the get the ship over five thousand feet or four thousand feet or so. Like it, there's yeah. a big sandstorm coming in. You need to get above that." And so we uh, see them flying, and at the same time, you have uh, Batista goes back to Skarsgård, and he's like, "They flew into a fucking dust thing. There's no there's survival. no way. Like, there's no way they're, they're alive. dead." I'm telling you they're dead. And also, he's still alive somehow. He's in a lot of black goo. Don't know how that's working out, Sean. It's like a healing tank kind of thing. There's a there's a great scene, actually, when they come in to check the room after the gas went off. And he's just, like, clawed himself to the ceiling. Yes! To survive. What's up with that? He's, like, a weird, like... He reminded me of Batman in Batman vs. Superman. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. But he's, like, feral at that point. Because he's just, like... <laughs> presumably, there's, like, this tiniest sliver of air up there. And that's where he went. <laughs> um, and so we come back to Paul and Jessica in the ship and he basically keeps getting visions like the the Spice is now just absolutely just riddling this lad Yeah. and so he decides the Spice is just telling him let go let go let go the, let go the, of your whole body just let it happen and he's seeing all this through um, one man who he's, is going to be his I would say leader messiah uh, teacher best friend probably for the next Best friend for the next few years. Um, he's seeing all these visions. This guy's telling them all about the spice, telling them all about the desert. These yeah. two are going to get on like a house on fire. Stilgar, man, he's going to be, he's going to be, he's going to be quite the player, shall we say? <laughs> yes. I tell you, man, Probably Stilgar is my dude. I, he's so cool. He's such a cool motherfucker. Who? <laughs> Stilgar. Oh yeah, sorry, no, no, that's not Stilgar. Who's in the? Who's in the? Um, he, that he's seeing it's the other guy in the Freeman tribe oh sorry sorry Jamis sorry yes uh, and that's who he's seeing that's being like we're best friends sorry we'll look after you yes there is another vision of Stilgar that happened at another point in this movie yes I got confused yes. Um, and so but yeah uh, oh sorry him so- and Jamis yeah best friends to, to, to the friends. end best friends forever right to, literally die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's my ride or die. <laughs> not much riding going on. Um, oh, and so, not yet, part two. Uh, they, they, they survive the dust. 
and they crash land and they get the suits on and they're just yeah. like we gotta walk in the desert like we're, we're going we're going here and so they do the sand walk as yeah. well which, which is called back there earlier on yeah because he was looking at it in the encyclopedia um and there's i that looks substantially less goofy than i thought it would from the book yeah but i suppose it makes sense you just don't make a rhythm like you just you're constantly yeah, you kind of stagger your shit. steps you sweep the sand like to make it seem like oh this isn't a human walking around and so they event they have a run in with a big sand big sandworm shot that is yeah. set at um set at like dusk which is perfect time because it's slightly perfect. dark so the cgi doesn't have to be t- amazing still looks fantastic still looks class and also it adds a level of horror to it i think because you're just like holy shit where the fuck is it i can't even see it's not daytime kind of thing yeah and like the sprint away from the sandworm is amazing you just get the level of like the size the size difference yeah. is what really comes across. It's something that this movie does really well is scale. Like just yes, how big things actually are. It constantly shows people beside certain things. Or yes. like it gives you it gives you somewhere to look at, go, okay, well that's not that big. Holy shit, that must be fucking gigantic then. That's insane. Uh, yeah. Like cause we and we see it earlier on when he's at the like uh, spice harvester. You see Paul next to the spice harvester, and then the worm comes up and swallows that <laughs> harvester. Yeah. Um, and so they survive the worm, and it's only because like they're literally sprinting, and the music is going like fucking mad. Hans Zimmer's having a fucking freak out, and um, he's going mad playing. Uh, but they're they're sprinting. They survive only because somebody has started using one of the sand tumpers. The I think they're called. Yeah, and um, somewhere else. And Paul immediately's like, we only survived because someone started using one of them. Like, we yeah. would have been dead. Someone's otherwise. watching us is basically what he's saying there. Yeah. And so they, very soon after, they run into a group of Freemen. Um, and it's actually Zendaya. She's in the she's movie, She's in this movie, Sean. it turns out. She, she <laughs> turns out she's not just in, like, seeing futures things. I, she's actually in the present. She's actually a real person. I think she has said, like, her part is expanded quite a bit in part two oh, pa- like, part two i'm assuming like is her movie should have killed off half the crew <laughs> did the bring in a bunch of yeah, more people <laughs> the cast budget has gone substantially down for the second oh, movie the cgi effects are going to be off the charts part two like, we'd have, we have to pay 60 million dollars to see these people uh but they run into uh, a group of uh, fremen like led by stilgar uh and they're just like Okay, the boy can stay because he's young enough to learn our ways. But the mother is she's she's too far gone. She'll never be able. And to And they go to kill her, but she uh, defeats Stilgar. Well, not defeats him, but like she's like get she the fuck off me. Outmatches him, yeah. Like she because uh, they know the weirding way, uh, which Stilgar says. So that's it's a form of fighting where your movements basically accelerate at different times, so you can against someone who doesn't know that way of fighting you 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 have the upper hand all the time and Silgar is even like why didn't you say you could fight like that obviously you can stay now <laughs> <laughs> but it's at this point that um what's the other guy's name Jamis Jamis and Jamis not a big fan of this even though we're, him and Paul are going to be best friends he's like oh yeah that can't stand that she 
can't do that to our leader. I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna That's put it. up a fight here. I'm gonna fight her. But and but he but Stilgar is like Jamis. You can't fight her. She's a Sayadina. That's the Fremen word for a Benny Gesserit. Ah, okay, right. And so, see, I didn't understand that. And so that's, then, it, that's um, the thing. It just drops in, like yeah. I think like, I didn't understand it, but I'm good with it. I was just like, yeah. okay, right. He so, can't oh, fight he can't her. Fight her. So who's, Perfect. <laughs> okay, right, I, I get that gist. Who's he fighting then? And I'm like, okay, well, you only have Paul. So I was like, right, he's got to fight Paul. Yeah. And there's a and Paul's like, okay, I'll be her champion. And so there's a great scene beforehand where Paul is seeing a million different futures and he's seeing himself die a million different ways in all these different ways in the fight. And I love that idea that like he's seeing all the ways that he loses and he sees them all so that he never does any of them yes. that actually in real life. And so, but the best part about this is I was like, but isn't that the guy that's going to be his friend? Like, can't end the death. Like, that's the guy that... Him and your man are going to be best friends, so it doesn't make any this. sense. <laughs> the, uh, and so, Zendaya also comes with, over to him. Yeah, she's Chani, is her character's name. And she's like, if you're going to die, you should. it would be an honour to die with this weapon. This Christmas. And that's the blade he keeps seeing all movie long that yeah. he dies from. The thing about that blade, the reason it's sacred, it, for, it's a tooth from one of the sandworms that they call Shai Hulud, just means basically the god worm. Uh, but if you draw that blade, it has to touch blood before it goes back in its sheath. Like that's the tradition. So there's a moment earlier, and it's real subtle, but like because they all drew their blades when they saw Paul and Jessica first. Before they put them away, they all cut their hand and then I put it back. I seen that. In the I didn't yeah. understand what was going on. Once the blade is drawn, it needs blood before it goes back in. That's their tradition or what like it's just gonna go oh, fuck off <laughs> no but like why does anyone do any tradition you know it's just like okay. oh it's the right thing to do <laughs> okay right i like the idea like you don't get blood you put it back in and you pull it back out and it just it crumbles <laughs> you'd be like, fuck, oh, fuck you <laughs> you'd be gas crack at the trevi fountain you know that why are you throwing money into it <laughs> <laughs> i just don't understand custom sean sorry <laughs> right? so, yeah, what um, did you think of the jewel I thought it was great. Like, I love the idea that he has seen all of the reasons of how he dies. And so he can't be beaten. Like, he's just seen every possible future of what stupid things he does. Yeah. So when he wins, I don't... I didn't see that as him being the best fighter ever. Like, I don't see that as Paul being, like, this expert fucking marksman. I just see it as, like, he... It's the Groundhog Day effect. Like... He has just seen enough futures to be like, okay, well, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to yeah. do that. I'm going to do he, this. He found 10,000 ways to not make a light bulb kind of a thing. Yeah, like he, he found out the 10,000 ways where he dies. And he's like, okay, I'm going to do the 10,000 in first way. And hopefully that will be That's a different one. The, um, the, in, during the fight as well, cause, and I, I, I touched on this a few weeks ago when we were talking about June. I think it was one of the trailers. But Paul is still fighting as if he's wearing a shield and his opponent is wearing a shield. Yes. He's really fast and then just before the kill he slows down and he tries to get your man to yield because he doesn't want to kill him. And he he tries three times to get him to yield. And your man is furious with this. Like Jamis is like, this is an insult to me. That's even worse than killing him. Yeah. And Silgar is like, is he fucking tying with him? Like, this isn't right. 
And Jessica's like, no, he's never killed a man before. Like, he's, he's a fucking kid, like. We just, mm. He just brought here and his dad died yesterday. He's <laughs> like, been through a lot in the last 48 hours, I'll be honest. <laughs> and so, like, eventually he just decides, okay, I have to kill him. Because there's no way out of this. Like, the guy won't give up. And yeah. so he has to kill his new mentor. But, but that, I think, is really interesting. Because that means he's not reliable. Like... He has seen that multiple times, that guy be his mentor, in multiple different futures, and the guy's just dead. Like, Paul, yeah, he like he sees multiple versions of multiple futures, like, so it's even more, because if it was just one, it'd be fine, um, but when you see the entire... And now we enti- can't trust him. Yes, so when you see the entire web, it's just like, he's like, he still has choice in the matter. You know, he can still do different things. Um, and I think that's... It makes him less... Like, you don't have to nerf him then. Because when he does win the fight, I'm just like, okay, well, he's seen all the futures. But he also seen this guy be his best friend, and he killed him. So, what do, next fight, does he trust all the futures that he sees? How many futures does he have to see before he's like, okay, I have the general idea of how yeah. not to die in this see, one? And what would be really interesting is if he was like... If he saw the futures that he wanted and then was like okay this is what i need to do to make this happen exactly um and you know if that happens or not so don't be <laughs> i like i don't have a clue man I, don't, I genuinely don't have a clue <laughs> i was just saying that'd be cool <laughs> how many books have you read uh five <laughs> five okay <laughs> just get that clear um and so eventually he does win the fight and the movie ends with him basically saying i want to stay with stilgar i want to stay with the freeman i'm now yeah. part of the sand people um and i'm going to use sand power and we're going to fucking take back this planet yeah like his destiny lies in the desert i think he says something yeah like that. i think that's the line he says and so the movie ends as a part one a definite part one surely yeah um of like the first half of this movie that the minute it finished I was like fuck I want to see how it happens next or what happens I, next it was like a I wanted continued. to keep going like I I've and I've not had that feeling with a movie like in a while like I think Infinity War had a bit of that where I was like oh I want to see this carry on but this is like because I like I mean, to be fair I do pretty much know what's going to happen but I want to see it on screen I want yeah. more of the same please yeah, like I, and I knew nothing of this movie going in, and it was just literally I finished it and I was like, "Fuck it, can't wait to see what happens next." It was, and I touched on it at the very, very start, but it's the exact same feeling I got watching the early seasons of Game of Thrones when you're like doing a binge, yeah. and you finish an episode and you're like, "Fuck, I may click on the next episode to know, you know what happens." Do you know what it felt like? Is like you had maybe two seasons of Game of Thrones to binge. And you watched them all within like a week and then you had to wait week yes. on week for those episodes to come out. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, it's trickling. But like, not season eight, but like, <laughs> no, like no. season three, like you, you binge season three. You're like, can't wait for season four to come out. What the fuck yeah. is going to happen? Um, like, it, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly so happy that this movie did as well as it has. I'm delighted it's getting a sequel. Uh, and like, it's made decent money as well, in addition to it's it's on HBO Max as well. Which so it's, I think it's made, um, as of our recording, $300 million um, yeah. on a $160 budget, or $60 million budget. Yeah, so, so it's, 
pretty much like doubled. Like you need to usually double your money from your budget to make it. <laughs> well, profit. with this cast, you'd probably need to quadruple it. Well, that's fair. That's very fair. But like, like they've done that in a time when a lot, you know, a lot of cinemas have restrictions or might not even be open and things like that. Also, with the HBO Max streaming, that was obviously going to take away uh, box office sales. So, in in regards to the film itself, what are I mean, I'm trying to think of some negatives because I think we've just been gushing over this movie nonstop. Yeah, um, like and there are a couple, I suppose. Like it would be nice if the characters who have a lot of um, a lot of parallels drawn to Middle Eastern culture and influence. It'd be nice if they were portrayed by you know Middle Eastern actors. That's I think a fair casting thing um, that you could mm. you could level against the movie. Um, but like structure wise, like I from knowing how much is in the books, like there's stuff that they left out. But quite honestly, you'd have to because it's too much. You know, now, I I haven't read the book, but for me, just watching it, like it seemed like not it's not a perfect movie, but it might be a perfect adaptation if you were going to do an adaptation. Yes, that's like the best adaptation. Oscars would be like 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 has it, to be. It, that's a, that's not to say oh it's the best movie ever, but if you take that book. And as I said at the start, there's six million possible futures. You chose the one where, like, we're going to do the most justice to try yeah. and get this out to the most people and get it watched by the most people and enjoyed by the most people, not just the people who just read the book. Yeah, and I I, I really do think it achieved that. I'm like I'm really interested into like how you feel about it as a non-book person, uh, like. I think I mean I've like I like this movie more than I've liked. Every Star Wars property since probably The Force Awakens. Um, Fair. And, I mean, I... But I think The Force Awakens had that, like, I already kind of liked Star Wars before that. And so then, it had been a few years that came out. And it was actually really good. And I was like, okay, I'm all in. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, the more I was watching this, the more... (laughs) And this is going to piss off a lot of people. I was like, Star Wars should be ashamed of themselves that they couldn't do this. You watched like, The Last Jedi and then watched this. Like, the fact that, like, you had that built in, your Star Wars, like, this is coming out of, this ha- might have had the book, it came first, and this is what Star Wars is based off, but culturally, Star Wars has a lot more money in the bank, and yeah. they're just fucking, like, shit in the bed. Like, for the last little while. Like. Just, like, coasting. And this yeah. girl comes along and is just like, no, we're going to fucking go all in. We're going to do this right. This is pure sci-fi. And I was just like, Star Wars, you know you could do this as well. Like, you don't have to coast off just being Star Wars. Yeah, because this is like, and I think a lot of that is, is that it's a very, fle- even just the first book alone, it's a fully fleshed out, lived in world. Whereas like with Star Wars, it started with the movies and then they fleshed it in in a bunch of like, you know, uh, orbiting media that, you know, casual movie watchers wouldn't enjoy Mm. or wouldn't necessarily pick up, say. But this, you have, like, everything's there in the few pages. And then you pick and choose from that. And so the people who have read it are like, that's something I recognise very clearly. I like it. Oh, my laptop is on battery saver mode. We'll wrap this up quickly then. Uh, (laughs) 
Oh, he's plugging I'll in get and the out. charger. That's fair. God, we need some kind of Butlerian jihad. That's a June reference to when they killed all the computers. Oh. Uh, Hang on. Oh, God, look, lads, you can't see the We're video, in. but I've never seen a man more panicked in my life. Okay, I saved it. I saved it. Excellent. Excellent. God, it's fucking... I couldn't have done that. It, it wouldn't have had the same energy, you know? Uh, but what I was saying, you have, like, you can pick and choose for all the book readers. Oh, that's really cool. I recognise that. That makes me happy. But then for all the people who just watch the films, it's like, oh, here's something that, like, is mentioned. I can dig deeper on that if I want, but I don't need to know it to enjoy this film. Yeah, I mean... And look, I think we haven't touched on it. Well, I think we probably have. But in terms of casting, I think Chalamet's fucking excellent in this. Yeah. Um, I think everybody is excellent, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think there's any weak links. I think it's directed perfectly. I think the cast is outrageous. I See, here's the thing. I don't want to go too far into the deep end and be like, this is the new sci-fi of our generation. This is amazing. No, and I don't think it has I mean, to be. Well, first I, of all, it was the sci-fi of the last generation first. That's true. <laughs> but I just think we can look at this and go, you know what? This is kind of the Star Wars movie I wanted, but like <laughs> in the last few years. But this yeah. is really fun. And I'd like to live in this world a little more. And I want to see more about it. And I think it's really interesting. Um, and I didn't think I'd say that coming in. I thought I'd be very bored, being like, this is a bit by the numbers, what can you do? Like, oh, this is ripping yeah. off this. But I was just like, throughout the whole thing, I was just just so interested in finding out more. And I think that's the most, the biggest compliment I can give it, that it finished. I was like, I want to know more. Like, what's going on? What happens? Fuck, it's... Are they going to survive? Is that not going to survive? Oh my god! That's the thing, and like I was really terrified that you were going to hate this movie, and this would be a very different <laughs> review. But like, it's not. It's. I just think it's. I don't find watching it. There's nothing in it that ruins my experience. If that makes sense, like every well, element if, that if was. If you if you could approach it and like it as someone who's read all the books or five of them anyway, and I could approach it and like it as someone who doesn't even really like Star Wars. <laughs> I think Star Wars is pretty good. But, like, I, you like Star Wars a lot more than I do. Like, you're more of a diehard. Um, mm. And I like some of the movies, and I'm like, but it's fine. Um, but I could come into this, and I'd be like, this is... I thought this was outrageously good for what it is. I mean, like, yeah. for what it's attempting, I just think it nails it. I just think... Sometimes you don't have to look at a movie and go, in terms of, is that the best movie ever? Just like, did it nail what it's trying to do? To me, it fucking yeah, nailed it. it. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I feel I could show this movie to like my parents, and like they would, they would have a good time with it as well. I think it has that universal appeal, and you can go deeper if you want to. But then again, I also think that people probably won't like it because they're like, oh, there's too much talk. And, and that's fine too. Just personally for me, I was like, really, I'm really interested in that shit. I'm like, yeah, give me more. Yeah. Like, inter- you like a fleshed out world, I think. I, I, I like like fighting in between, but not fighting. Like just like people saying things, but they really mean other things. Let's just political shithousery. Yeah, like political shit house is the best way to put it um, Sean I think we probably should bring this review to an end we I could probably we talk probably... about this for another three hours but, yeah uh, I have it in me but yeah I think we should go back to our respective families probably <laughs> eventually 
<laughs> Let's watch this movie again. I've seen Let's it twice. June right now. <laughs> How many times have you seen it? Once? Just the once. That's good memory. I've, I've seen it twice. Yeah, I had to fun. see it the second time for to take down notes. Because the first time you don't want to be taking notes. You look like a man. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, um, do you want to take us out, Sean? Yeah, thanks everyone for listening to this bumper episode of Movie Mondays. This special review. We tend to go a bit longer on the reviews just to give... Uh, give a bit and, of a chat and this one is like it. I mean there's so much stuff it's yeah. dense this is a meaty review so I hope you enjoyed it let us know what you thought of June and um, many ways you can do that uh, Twitter at Heroes for Hire Pod the four is the number four Facebook is Detective Divilman's Discussion Group or Heroes for Hire Podcast Instagram is Heroes for Hire Podcast as well or just email us Heroes for Hire underscore at Outlook.com um, you can also message us on Patreon now we do have a Patreon where we do other movie reviews like this, we recently did Blade, it was a bit of a Halloween special, uh, so uh, often compared to June, actually, Blade, um, I've heard some reviewers describe it as that. <laughs> and so, it's the Blade of the Underworld, they called it. Uh, that's it, No, wait, that's the it. June of the Underworld, never mind. <laughs> no, the Blade of the Underworld, that's what they call Blade, June. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And so, special shout-outs as well go to the new unofficial Wizard of Christ Church, Aetero in New Zealand, Waffles the Magic, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Roisin Shordoshin, Halley, Ryan Wright-Time, Evanson, Sean, Heroes Don't Do That, Jameson, Dominic, Josiah, Florida Gal Green, Anna, Team Irish Wallers, Kelm Roos, Lil Dicky, one of the braver counsellors after a day of being creeped out, ask the boys their names, McGrew, Danny McLaughlin, Ray, I can't believe Wanda did this, and Sammy DeLucia. Ah, you're missing one more, Sean. Missing one more? Because we had Michelle It's My Birthday Brown, who was also (gasps) sent in um, and has become a patron today, about, about two hours ago. Oh, Michelle, I, I updated the doc around noon. I'm so sorry, Michelle. Noon. Oh. You're, you're not keeping up with all the new patrons. Oh, consider, um, oh, consider yourself added to the list. So, Mi- Michelle's uh, uh, husband actually uh, enrolled her. And, oh, yeah? Uh, and so she's called Michelle, it's my birthday, Brown. So I'm assuming either it's her birthday today or they say that they listen to Weird News Wednesday. So it might be on Wednesday. I'm not quite sure. Happy birthday for both days. Happy birthday for both days, and indeed all days. Every day should yes. be your birthday. Every uh, day. That's I. I eat so much cake, lads. Uh, <laughs> but thank you, everyone, for the continued support and the new support. I feel really bad about uh, missing out on you, Michelle. But no, we got, I, I tricked we got you. you in there. You tricked me. I, I've yeah. been had, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but listen, if you want to get a shout out, if you want to join those fine people, head on over to the Patreon. Uh, we do movie reviews and TV show reviews and a whole bunch of stuff over there. But the best way you can ever help out the show is to tell one human being that we exist. Just a one, please. And I think that's about it, Connor. So I have been Connor Long. I have been Sean Meehan. And we shall see you all next week. Guys. Bye. 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 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Tyler Tzedas. I'm Khaled Sinas, and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you awaits. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.